everyone. We continue our read-through of the New Testament. Today we begin Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians. This letter from the Apostle Paul was written probably really shortly after the first letter to the church uh, in Thessalonica. And he had been boasting of them to other churches, telling of their faith and their love for each other in the face of persecution. Paul writes this to remind them that God will repay their persecutors. He also addresses two recurring problems in the church. First, they were concerned that the Lord had already turned. There was a major eschatological fear that existed in the church of Thessalonica. And Paul urges them not to become shaken in mind or alarmed, fearing that the day of the Lord had already come. Second, he admonishes them not to be idle, commanding them that if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. So perhaps there are individuals who, because of their eschatological fears, or just thinking of the fact that God's going to come any day, feel no need to actually provide, no need to actually work, but are only concerned with waiting and watching. And Paul wants to ensure and, and, and to instruct them that this is not the proper way in which they are to live. So with that little introduction, let's go ahead and read the first chapter, which opens with a pretty standard greeting. Paul, Silvanus, that's Silas, and Timothy, to the church of Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So once again, we see Christ and the Lord and God the Father being united together as the means of both grace and peace. Verse 3, We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. So these individuals are continually going through a number of persecution. And Paul has saw fit to boast on them for the way in which they stay steadfast in their faith, that they are not given in easily, that they do not succumb, that the, that the persecutions that they face have not caused the Thessalonians to throw out their faith, but to actually strengthen in their faith. And what a great example they are to all of us, that when sorrows and sufferings take place, they are not as an, uh, a means of which God has abandoned us, but rather the very things that God has told us would come because of our faith in Christ and how those afflictions themselves are being used by God to sanctify and purify us so that the light of Christ will shine all the brighter in the midst of the darkness. Verse 5, This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. So that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I, this text is so important, so, so important, right? Here, he talks about this righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy 
of the kingdom of God, right? A life worthy of God, of God's calling, of the Lord, of the gospel, is a life of patient, joyful discipleship, even in the face of life-threatening abuse from those hostile to the faith. And such lives are sure evidence that God's judgment against them is right. And that judgment will be clear. Notice, God says one of the ways in which we can patiently endure suffering and tribulation is the reality that those who afflict us will indeed face judgment. The Lord will repay them with affliction. In Romans 2.9, that same Greek word for tribulation is used for the woe which will be brought upon evildoers at the last judgment. So here Paul is saying, listen, you can be steadfast and sure. You don't need to revile and take vengeance against the wicked. Why? Because God will do so. And he will do so in a far more righteous and greater way than you could ever possibly imagine. So you stay faithful and steadfast, enduring to the end, knowing God will repay those who afflict you. They will face eternal destruction on that day when he comes. But for us, right... We are to make, make sure that we are living in a way that is worthy of his calling, right? God is the one who calls. God is the one who gives us his kingdom. God is the one who will repay and will vindicate us. And therefore, we are to live day by day a life that is totally set apart for him, full of faith and, and, and full of his power manifesting in our life by which we are able to have strength and to endure sorrow and suffering with a, an unshakable hope no matter what comes our way. And we do this so that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in us and us in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, this is the reason for why we stand fast, why we, are, we, why we remain firm, through the suffering. It's because when we stand that way, when we serve as lights in the midst of the darkness, Christ is glorified. And that is the greatest calling that we have, that Christ would be magnified through us. Whatever you're going through today, see it as an opportunity to make much of Christ. Is Christ being magnified through you? Are others seeing the glory of Christ in the way in which you handle situations? Oh, brothers and sisters, my prayer for all of us is that as we endure hardships, Christ will be glorified in us and we in him. God bless.